all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hey, are you looking for a show with no speed? With no jazz, without all the noise. Well, welcome. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. If you're looking for that type of show and that type of action and some straight out real talk, real news, real Bible conversation, you have made it to the right podcast. Body of Christ Real Talk is for you. Love you all. Peace out. Stay tuned for Body of Christ Real Talk. Hi, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to the show, Body of Christ Real Talk. Let's have some straight out real talk. I like to get into different topics and different subjects. Uh, these are for the newbies that's just tuning into this show. First of all, okay, first of all, I want to apologize because my sinus. It's really clogged up now. So the ones that do listen to my show know that I have issues with my sinuses, especially when I'm talking and I'm speaking about uh, certain subjects. It doesn't matter what the topic is, but the more I speak, and it seems like it, it takes effect more for some reason when I'm going to do a podcast or anything or, you know, talk about the things of God. It seems like my sinuses really takes effect then. You know, is it a coincidence? I don't know, but it's just weird how that happens. This is these this information is just for the newbies or the ones who just you know scanning through the internet and looking for podcasts or just trying to look for some different information, whether it's biblical information, whether it's inspirational information, whether it's uplifting or something like that. If you just happen to run in the body of Christ, real talk. Uh, this is for you all, not for my uh, my usual downloaders that usually download and listen to me that I do have sinus issues so once in a while you might hear me make a uh, weird and strange and maybe grotesque some people sounds and I really apologize for that but I have sinus issues and I don't mean to sound so grossed out on the podcast these for the ones that just tuning in to me okay so I apologize for that now what I'm not going to apologize for is the word of God. What I'm not going to apologize for is rightly dividing the word of God. See? I'm not going to never apologize for that. Even through my errors that I try to correct. I'm not going to apologize for even trying to learn and teach the word of God rightly divided. Now, many might ask why I always got to keep saying rightly divided. And I'm going to tell you why. Because that is so important when you are learning 
studying especially the word of God. That's the only way to really, and I mean, no matter what differences uh, a lot of believers and denominations we might have with each other, they all will agree that we need to learn how to correctly, rightly divide God's word. Everybody often have their way of doing that and what they think right in dividing God's word is. But I put emphasis on the dispensational rightly divide, not so much the word. Yeah, and that's the word that's used in the King James. It means administration, stewardship, management, or whatever like that. Rightly dividing the word of God. You understand what I'm saying on that one, okay? Now, I do not apologize for that. So, I never used to, in the past, that was never my approach. You know, I knew about 2 Timothy 2015, study to show thyself approved. I used, I read that verse loosely and whatever like that. So, it's a lot of things I understood, but I always knew that it was a certain way you have to read the Bible. But I never knew as much as I do, I do now since the last four years of learning how to rightly divide God's word. That will also help you, that leads to, to help you to rightly study the word of truth. Okay? Because that's what it boils down to. How to correctly, rightly divide the word of truth in the Bible, preferably the King James Bible I'm talking about. Okay? Rightly Dividing the word of truth. Okay. Now, that's what I'm all about here. You know, that's what I'm all about here. I also have another podcast called Connecting the Dots, which is straight out Bible study. You know, Bible study, how to rightly divide God's word. I put a lot of emphasis on rightly dividing because it's so much wrongly dividing God's word. You know, and without rightly dividing in a dispensational breakdown way and to me that helped me and opened up the Bible so much in my life and I call it like the matrix the red pill not because of salvation but because of understanding because because I know my place now I know my position in the Bible okay so that's that's the important thing of learning how to rightly divide God's word. When you do learn how to rightly divide God's word, you will look at churchism, spiritualism, how to walk with Christ, how to teach and how to preach differently because you will know what to preach, why you preach that, who's the author, when, what, where. See, those are very, you'll learn how, those are very important. You'll learn how to exegesis the Bible more than eisegesis it. Exegesis is taking it literally what the Bible word is saying in context. Eisegesis is like you read into it, you more spiritualize it. You go in the traditional way of what you heard before. So you make it modern and spiritualized and you make it all for you. You make the majority of the Bible is about you. See, 
exegesis is letting you know is keeping things in context who the Bible specifically is talking about. Even if it says for you today, the Bible will be specific. But if it's not for you, you can't take it for you. So that's like rightly dividing. That's like an exegesis way of looking at the Bible rightly divided. I have been learning it for the last few years and it has helped me grow so much stronger in the things of God. Okay, but why is I'm going all about this? It's a certain topic I want to talk about that I promised my my downloaders and listeners um, that I was going to get into when I made uh, announcements the other day. I'm going to talk about this this revival that's been going on in Kentucky. They call it the Asbury Revival. I don't think the city is named Asbury. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. But it's a it's this somewhat revival that's going on, or some people might call it an awakening that's happening or just ended. It's not going on now, but it lasted two weeks. Incredibly, it lasted two weeks. In Asbury, Kentucky, revival, awakening, but mainly people know the basic way, if I could put it that way, of revival. And uh, I don't put a lot of input on a lot of so-called revivals or, you know, awakenings and stuff like that for a reason. I'm going to get into that later. Now, I'm also going to let you know this might be a little lengthy because it's it's not a, just a drive through or something quick I can go through because I don't I don't want to make it a whole series. I don't think I need to do that, but I just want to put an input on there of the little bit that I have seen. I have heard. Let me start this way. I have heard uh, reactions and inputs for other fellow believers about this revival. Okay, I have heard Justin Peters. I have heard, you know, just different people. Justin Peters is the one I really listen to because I listen to a lot of his teachings and stuff like that. Just not so much. And I always like to say this, you know, I know Justin Peters is somewhat of a sensationist. And I'm going to let you know what a sensationist is. They don't believe the gifts and the miraculous signs and, you know, the prosperity stuff is for the day. You know, that's mostly I'm sure it's more to a sensationist than that, you know. They're somewhat close, but not somewhat different the way they approach theology of the Bible than uh, a Calvinist or dispensational uh, dispensational type of thinking or covenant theology or whatever, or Pentecostal holiness, whatever like that. So you got so many different stupid crazy, I call it that, because that's why I don't like names on stuff, but for clarity and for understanding I use those terms so you can know what I'm talking about because there is different ways that people read the Bible and study the Bible you know and there's different ways that people look at the Bible rightly divided in their own way it depends what theology or what type of teaching you was brought up under okay you, you follow what I'm saying okay so I heard different uh, takes on this Asbury revival. I didn't even know that was going on, you know. And uh, but 
it's been talked about in social media. Of course, everything is talked about on social media. And some news outlets, including Fox News, Tucker Carlson, talked about that. So you have some believers and then you have some unbelievers that's talking about uh, this Asbury revival uh, that's been going on. And I think a lot of people are hungry. Let me get this out there. A lot of Christians... A lot of believers are hungry for some type of change, some type of some type of revival. And I'm going I'm to break down some Bible definitions of revival that's used in the Bible. OK, because I like to put everything in a biblical perspective. If you listen to this show and people are looking for some a revival. And I'm getting to that definition later. They're looking for some type of awakening, some type of change, because there's a lot of stuff going on in this world, around the world, not only in the USA. But let me just put it in the. I'm just. I'm just keeping here at home, the United States for now. Many believers are looking for. Uh, they are hungry. But also, the unbelievers are looking for this change. They're looking for this savior. They're looking for something that can get them out of their mess. So that's what's going on now in the USFA and around the world. But let's keep it home at the United States that's going around. So that's real. That's real. People are tired of, tired of all the, the turmoil and all the mess that's going on. They're looking for somebody that can come in. Now... The difference is believers are looking for, you know, the sincere believers are looking for some type of encounter from God, some type of thing that God can do to revive them, but also change this world. Then you got the unbelievers. They just looking for something. They looking for this utopia. They might not even believe in God, but they're looking for some type of spiritual outbreak, even as far as Kudalini or whatever like that. They're looking for something to deliver them from their mess to help them to get through their hurts and pains more spiritual than physical. Some is physical, but more spiritual. So people are searching, but everybody's not looking for the same God. You got to be, you got to be, got to be honest. Okay, you got to be honest, but people are looking for some type of change. It's in the atmosphere. And when you are searching for that energy, so some people call, or that feeling, or that spiritual awakening, you open yourself up to all kind of deceptive spirits if you're not searching for God. Even if you're searching for God, which you don't have to search for God, but I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to be very fair when I just look at the pros and cons of this revival, okay? I'm just letting you know people are hungry. People are looking for fellowship. I'm talking about believers are looking for fellowship. So since this awakening uh, is supposed to be called a Christian uh, awakening, a Christian revival because it, it started at a, a Christian college and uh, and in uh, Kentucky, which I never heard of this college. There's several Christian colleges, but this is supposed to be a Christian college, you know, and they have a, a statements of faith. And I like to read this statement of faith. Justin Peter said he did, and it seemed okay, but I like to look at things myself. And uh, uh, Alan Parr of The Beat on YouTube, he also, you know, had his take on this revival. Now, let me digress, because you know me, I'll be going everywhere before I get to my assessment of it and what I think. 
and I try to just look at it the way I look at it. Not, you know, don't be led by uh, what nobody else thought or whatever like that. But I, I, I want to be honest. I am going in here already looking at it in a subjective way. I'm already going in it, you know, looking for holes and cracks. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. Yes, I am. I'd be lying if I say I don't. I'm going. Why? And I'm gonna tell you why I'm doing it that way. I am going in searching for the certain errors. Not saying that they are wrong. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not saying that everything they're doing is wrong. Not saying they're not sincere. But I'm just looking at certain things that you know uh, transcends or some familiar some familiarity that's been in the past so-called revivals and awakenings. That's what I mean. I'm looking at a subjective. In other words, I am skeptical. To be straight up, and I'm letting you know up front. So, it's easy to say I should go here, go in there. Ooh, the sinus is really clogging me up. And uh, I should go in there in an objective way. And somewhat I am. You know, after what I have seen so far myself, I looked at it objectively before I was going to go in subjectively. But when I looked at a few of the pieces in the church itself, I went in there objectively. But subjectively, I had a feeling what was going to be taught there. I, I already knew it was going to be a lot of music and I already knew it was going to be a lot of stories. I already knew that, but I still gave them a chance. Why? Because I used to be there. I used to be part of that you know, that type of gathering. So I already knew that. That's the subjective part. But I still objectively was looking for something that maybe, you know, these, a lot of people, maybe there's something they can get into the word of God or maybe they, you know, things like that. That's what I mean. So that's what I do when I just check out certain things, not so much when somebody else has said. But it, ha it has a lot of praise from so-called believers, but it has a lot of negativity from a lot of other believers himself. Okay. Okay. Before I start, uh, let me give you uh, a picture of what I'm talking about. When you uh, you critiquing a certain movement. And which I am, I'm honest, I am critiquing it in a sincere way. Were you critiquing a certain movement? Now, Joe, what do you mean by that? I'm not uh, critiquing Asbury because I'm searching to get that feeling or I just want to get involved with it. I'm critiquing it on the basis that I want to be able to understand it is it the same like these other so-called revivals is it of god or is it from the satan or is it from worldly views or whatever that's what i'm looking for okay that's what i mean by critiquing it you know because i already made up my mind about how i would do things when it comes to being revived with god so i'm not going to get into that now but i want to also want people to understand when YouTubers or ministers, and especially some somewhat well-known ministers, depends what they was brought up in or what they was bred in in their theology and their teaching, they will look at this revival in a certain way. Okay, let me give you an uh, an example. 
when I listened to Justin Peters, uh, and I know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions and it's because that occasional shave really hurts it's the time of year for big occasions and yet there he is suffering with that cheap drugstore razor let's help him out henson shavings line of razors built with aerospace precision deliver a smooth shave your dad brother and even son can enjoy eventually with replacement blades just 10 cents each you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life how's that for the perfect gift Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Listen to, you know, maybe the John Cal- Calvins and, you know, the John, what was his name? is uh, The John Carpenters and, you know, different type of ministers that might critique uh, if they are sensationists or even a Calvinist or even whatever they will look at it in the way not all but I believe they will look in it in a predetermined way they think it is they will look at the sin the people around it okay what do you mean by that Joe when Justin Peters gave his assessment of this movement and so did a lot of others I forgot their names I'm not good on names they was looking at the errors and the people that was around it, that was involved in this type of movie. Because when you have a big movement like this, you're going to have all kind of people, not only believers, but all kind of people seeking something. And they're not saved. And some of them not seeking God, they're just seeking a feeling, okay, or some type of presence. So you're going to get that type of atmosphere. So when you going there with a, a predetermined made a mind you're looking for okay what is the errors and we a lot of us are guilty of this we're looking for the errors you know okay some people going there looking okay all right i seen this person over there they were smoking i seen this gay couple these this this gay people over there they was leading worship and they was doing that now those things need to be called out they need to be yes no doubt but follow what i'm saying when you're looking at something for something like that in a big event like this nine times out of ten you're going to find it nine times out of ten you're going to find it now is there something wrong anything wrong with gay people going to revival no is there anything wrong with gay people going into something like this no it's nothing wrong right there because they need to be saved the problem is now I'm saying this very strongly and carefully the problem is if you go on there to keep your lifestyle and if you go on there just saying I'm going to praise God and I'm going to stay the way I am and you know and uh, you don't want to hear nothing about sin and hell or damnation or change lives you just want to feel good you just want to go to heaven you just want Jesus and you may be somewhat sincerely but you're not willing to give up your ways and you're hugging each other and that 
lifestyle, and then you got the uh, the people that's in fornication, that's not married, they hugging each other, they kissing. See, all that stuff is there. If you go on there, not willing to change, not willing to get out of that lifestyle. Yes, that is an issue. But if you go in there to change, you say, I want to stop this lifestyle. I want to stop looking at porn. I want to stop living in fornication. I want to stop living as a homosexual. You know, that's what that's it. That is good. God can work with you in any type of uh, so-called awakening if your heart is right. See? God can, he can get through all the other mess and the fakeness that's there and still can save you when you come with a sincere and a contrite heart. But if you wouldn't just stay and keep your ways, that, that becomes a problem. So, when you, that, that's how some people look at it. When they look at it, they look at the errors. Okay, what other things that a lot of us look for? You know, and I put myself there. You know, you have people talking about speaking in tongues. You have people talking about, you know, the healing, how much healing was there. People jumping out of wheelchairs and stuff like that. Majority of sensationists or grace teachers and uh, dispensationalists like myself, red flags go up when we hear that. That's me and other you know, we 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 hear that in red flags come on. So that's a subjective thing because we're searching, we're looking for that. We have a feeling we're going to see, we're going to hear that. Why? Because it we, it's a trend of what that was that 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 what that that happens at so-called man-made revivals, man-made revivals, and I'm going to call it man-made revivals. That that happens. So we're looking for that. Now, once upon a time, when I was in a faith movement. I was looking for that for a different reason. I was looking that looking for that because I believe God was moving. I believe signs and wonders were still going on today. So that was a good thing. I was saying, wow, that's amazing. Wow, wow, God's moving. People speaking in these tongues. See, you see what I'm talking about? But as I learned how to rightly divide, I understand now the uh, those things have ceased. I look at it differently now as an error. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm trying to be fair of my assessment when I talk about this revival and compare it to others based on my rightly learning how to rightly divide, you know, and learning what what grace is about now today compared to the kingdom program of signs and wonders and miracles. Okay, even though people are sincere, but you can be sincerely wrong or sincerely in error. Okay. So if you're going in there with a predetermined gifts and signs and wonders is no more, you're going to look at it, yeah, a lot of this is fake. Some people are bold. They're going to say there's a lot of phoniness in there. If you're looking at it in a lifestyle or Gino Jenny's type of way, it's, you will look at this and you will, you will look at the homosexuality. You will look at the uh, other stuff that's going around. You'll look at this and look at that. But at the same time, the tongue things won't bother you because you still believe in speaking in tongues. You, you follow what I'm saying? The signs and miracles that so-called supposed been going on there, you don't have a problem with that because you believe in signs and wonders. It's, the, it's for the people that don't believe that they're for today. 
Not that they can't happen. You just don't believe that's for today. So you have everybody, often most people that looks at this have their preconceived way of looking at things. You got some people say, yeah, I believe it'll be okay, but how many fruits are going to manifest after of it, you know, and things like that. There have to be a manifestations of fruits. Fruits meaning, you know, the fruits of the spirit. Are they going to take it home with them? So it's different ways people look at this revival or so-called awakening, just like the other ones we look at, okay? I'm going all around about this because I, I'm going to open up where I'm going with this, how I'm looking at this and everything, because I try to give people a chance. Very little, I, it's, I'm going to be honest with you, and I try to be honest. When I heard about it and, and what I have seen so far, which I already thought, because I had a preconceived subjective way I looked at it anyway, that it was not going to be any different than the other so-called awakenings. I don't know too much about the John Adams awakening and everything like that, but I can go as far as hearing about the Zuza, the Zuzas and the Finleys and the old schoolers and stuff like that. And, you know, the Brownsville, the Toronto and uh, those different movements that are uh, supposed to have been also a rival and a move revival and a move of God and it spread it. And I went in that preconceived because I felt, you know, within myself that I don't think it's going to be too much different than those. You know, okay? So I was already prepared for that. But I still like to give it a chance. Because it's all about, is it God? Because when you put God's name on something and you have so much of this other foolishness going around, you have to be careful. It's a slippery slope. Because everything is not of God. Everything is not of God. Satan is a master manipulator. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this revival is from Satan. Some revivals was, but I'm just saying this revival is from Satan. I just want you to understand, you know, even through something like this or uh, a revival or some type of awakening, they call it. God can use the ones in there sincerely because God don't turn his back on you when he know you sincerely. You might not understand, you might be ignorant or naive, but you're really looking for him. He knows when you are seeking him, even though you don't have to seek him that hard. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday so those are the one God looking at I'm not all the other the other mess that's going around the, the few that's in there really there for one reason to really seek the presence of God and, and to understand and want to learn God's ways and his word see that's what I believe okay that's that's what I believe I, tr I truly believe that so with all that said. So everybody, you know, you had a lot of negativity about this two weeks. He had some good things. Then you had this, uh, this, uh, 
uh, young uh, reporter on, uh, I think, uh, 700 Club or uh, what's that? The GBN, the Christian Network and everything. She gave an assessment and she went there personally because people was making. Nah, you you can't say nothing negative about it if you wasn't there. No, nah, that's not true. I don't believe that. You don't have to be there to make an assessment or judgment because it's so broad. If you've been there, done that before, you don't have to be there. You, you got to finish what's there anyway. You know, but she was making she made her assessment and she got kind of a, a negative reaction and some good reaction because she made a fair assessment to me about everything like that. She made a fair assessment of it. In other words, it came down. I can tell by her facial expressions. She wasn't so much caught up in the the, uh, the emotions and the feelings and all that stuff. Why? Because she'd been there, done that. So she was just trying to make a fair assessment. She hoped these people would leave with some type of fruit, take it home and grow in God. That was her assessment, to grow in God, okay? All right. So it was different ways people and still today people looking at the Asbury. Some people might even call it straight out demonic. I'm not going to go that far. You know, <clears throat> and I'm going to give you my assessment. I, I am <laughs> really I'm going to give you my assessment, but I got to go this way because you're going to get many assessments about it. And I, I want you like, I like people to make up their own mind of when it comes, especially when it comes to discernment, you know. And you line it up with the things of God. You line it up with the word of God. What is true and what is not true. What is what is true and what is error. See, that's what it comes down to. Is it from God? Is this God or what? Or is it error? Is it from the enemy? Or is it just from the flesh? That's what that's what you need to be want to find out. Don't go about the emotions or the unemotions. Is it from God and is it lined up with this Bible? Is it lined up with the word of God? Okay. I got that out there now. Now, I looked at a few things myself. I didn't look at the whole big, you know, I heard, and there's a lot of people there, I don't know how many, but I looked at the church itself. Now, the one thing I was searching for is what they teach out of the Bible. Okay, what they teach out of the Bible. All right, I looked at that part, okay. I already knew it was going to be. I already knew it was going to be a lot of music, a lot of worship, a lot of kneeling down, a lot of praise, because that's what you get out of this. I've been to one of those personally myself, and a lot of big mega churches, so it's it's the same thing. I didn't expect nothing different from that by watching it myself. <clears throat> now, you had Justin Peters interview, not interviewing, but he was listening to this interview. Then you had this young lady. I believe she was caught up in her emotions, you know, but you can get caught up in your emotions and just start saying some things because you believe that did happen. You know, she was talking about it was a lot of things going on. Lambs was growing back. People's lambs was growing back. And she just up and said it. She she didn't say she's seen it. She just said lambs is growing back and whatever like that. But that conversation has stayed long because that reporter, that secular reporter, asked her and stopped her. So whoa, 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 what do you mean? Lambs growing back. And then she didn't finish the story about the lambs. She went to something else. See, if you basically see somebody's lambs grow back, you will be able to explain it. But she didn't ever. She didn't get back into that when the when the reporter asked, her, "What do you mean lambs growing back? You know what what do you, what do you mean by that?" The young lady didn't get back to that. She went to something else. But I believe, you know, like Justin, she was caught up in her emotions. I don't believe she's seen none of that stuff. But you can get caught up in that emotions, you know. 
you get caught up in all that, you know, psychokinesis and all that stuff. You caught up in that emotion. So you start just talking about this is these are things you assuming or hoping can happen. You know. And stuff like that. So you start saying, you know, things like that. I don't want to put things in my head, but that was her, you know, this young lady. There's a lot of things there, okay? Now, my assessment of what I got myself. I talk, I looked at everybody else's assessment. They were showing uh, uh, videos of homosexuals and the guy said this guy looked gay. Yeah, he was gay because he called himself a gay Christian, which I have an issue with. If you can call yourself a gay Christian, then, you know, a fornicator can call himself a fornicating Christian. A porn person can call himself a porn Christian. A child molester calls himself, I, I'm a Christian, but I like, I like molesting. I'm a, I'm a, you know, it's just stupid. You either believer or you're a Christian. You don't have to put a label on it. When you put a label on it, that means you still practice it, even though this person will say they were celibate, whatever that means. I know what celibacy mean. Celibacy mean that does not mean that you're trying to stop doing what you're doing or you hate the evil or you hate the sin that you're doing. Celibacy mean you're just not having sex with your partner, but you still like the lifestyle. So you can't hold on to the lifestyle. Stopping the sexual and physical part don't change you. You still like being a fornicator. You still like being a gambler. You still like being an adulteress. You still like being a homosexual. But you're gonna you think it's based on you just having sex. No, it's based on your heart of being wanting to be and liking that lifestyle. See? You understand? So I, the reason I name all these problems, all these sinful ways, is because I don't want to think nobody thinking I'm just dwelling and dumping on homosexuals. See, I put it all out there. So when this person say I'm a queer Christian or I'm a gay Christian, what are you saying, man? Or I'm a lesbian Christian? The reason I'm saying that because they don't want to say that. A fornicator don't say I'm a fornicating Christian or I'm a this type of Christian. It's just the the uh, the homosexuals got to have the saying I'm a queer. I'm a justifying their lifestyle by putting Christian behind gayness or queerness. That's not no. It, it, it ain't like that. That's a problem. Now, many people pointed that out, which it should have been pointed out. And, and there was a, someone that was leading worship services. Even though this college has a, a statement of faith, believing a man and a woman should be married. So there should not be no open homosexual person leading worship songs, period. It sh that shouldn't have happened. That should have been rebuked and tucked down. But it was not. That, that stood out with me right there. So I agree with Justin and all of them on that. There's no way. you know. Okay, Joe, what about a fornicator and whatever like that? Now, if that was going on, you have to deal with that in the sense that if you know it, if you know they live in that lifestyle and they're trying to lead your church and they're practicing it, you, they don't need to be up there. Me you, nobody, when you're openly living in that lifestyle and that's your lifestyle, you're not looking to change it. So that goes for anybody. But when you just physically open saying you're something, a fornicator ain't physically saying I'm a fornicator, so it's hard to know is he practicing or whatever like that because you got many fornicating adultery 
preachers and behind the pulpit that nobody know about but God. But God. Because they're not putting it on their chest and saying, I'm a fornicator, I'm adultery, but they still are. And they shouldn't be up there. But when you say that I'm a queer Christian and many people know you are gay and you lead in worship, yes, they're openly saying it and you still allow it because they're openly saying it. You're not judging one from the other. You shouldn't be anyway. It's just that they're open with it. My point is none of us or nobody should be up there, but when you're open with it, most definitely, because you let people know you like that lifestyle. Okay, all right, that was pointed out. All right, now let me get back to me. When I listened to, I was looking for what they was preaching and what they was teaching, that's very important. Okay, I told you this is gonna be lengthy. And I heard a little word up in there. I heard a few scriptures up in there, and I heard them quote for a lot of scriptures. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's and stuff like that. Now, with the scriptures they was quoting, I was not surprised because I went in there with what a subjective preconceived, what they was going to, uh, the verses that's going to basically be used is mainly Old Testament. Mainly Old Testament scriptures. The moving power of God, the, the first and second Chronicles, the book of Psalms, those are scriptures that move of God's miraculous ways and how to pray, how to worship King David. And not, not, and most of the, a lot of scriptures was used there, there because many people that don't know how to rightly divide God's word use those prayers like it's meant for them as well. So they, they quote a lot of scriptures from the Old Testament, I believe out of ignorance, some of them, some might don't. But that's that's the issue with not rightly divided. You quote a lot of Old Testament verses and you apply it to you, even though it's not working, you apply it to you because you think it's meant for you, okay? So a lot of scriptures has been quoted, okay? I, I, looked, I looked at that, but it was also a lot of storytelling. And I kind of expected that. A lot of storytelling is almost like, you know, these are the cons. I'm going to start with the cons first. These are the cons that I see. And just that little gathering, there was a lot of people in that auditorium at that college. You know, outside of it, I, I didn't go there because I don't know what's going on. But this is what I see. So it was a lot of storytellers and, you know, different things like that. They had to love your wife and, and, you know, how to do this or whatever. A lot of storytelling. I don't have to get into details, but it was a lot of storytelling. What do you mean by storytelling, Joe? You know, 
Uh, one guy was talking about his wife, has, has, how would he approach his wife or different things like that. Or God moves this way or God was moving that way. This is what God would do. So it was a lot of eisegesis, storytelling, you know, not straight out biblical fact or based, but it was a lot of storytelling. Like, you know, when you just tell a story, so you, you kind of paraphrase or you lose a lot of parodies or whatever like that. A lot of that in these type of meetings. But the majority of that meeting that I seen and I was kind of going through it was mostly praise and worship songs, singing, singing, feel good. And they even had some stall moments when it was just real quiet and everybody just be quiet and the music just playing. Now, nothing was very supernatural or, you know, spectacular with me with that. Why? Because I've been there, done that. That's how a lot of mega churches and a lot of revivals are. So, so far what I have seen through that uh, that scenery there from the church itself is no different than the other so-called revivals. And got got talking about, you know, people come down to wheelchairs and it's always amazing that people always mention people come down to wheelchairs they don't meet they don't get into the real miraculous things too much you know or raising the dead or whatever like that or somebody was healed from this you know it's always the wheelchair things you know uh people coming out of their wheelchairs things that you hear a lot it's always the wheelchairs some churches like the been here means they have many wheelchairs around stuff like that so they they got into things like that they didn't talk about that so i think a lot of them from what I got, them was very sincere. You know, they was very sincere. They really, you know, from what I got from some of them, uh, uh, and I don't know them personally, so I'm just judging of what I see uh, from some of the speakers. And, uh, you know, they was pretty much sincere, you know. They didn't use a lot of scriptures. They didn't use a lot of words. And the word they did use when they did minister was somewhat short because it was bombarded by music and worship and praise like a lot of them do. It was mostly Old Testament. Even when they had people quoting different scriptures, I think the majority of them was from the Old Testament. Then you had one for First Timothy. Yay, you know, for the church today. But the majority of them was from the Old Testament scriptures that was meant for Israel. That was meant for Israel. And of course, the church today loves to apply the things that was meant for Israel to the church today. So it was a lot of that. I, I, I expected that. And that's why that's why you need to learn how to rightly divide, because your prayer and your verse picking will change when you learn how to rightly divide. But I, 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 I expected that. Also, I noticed that the majority of it, like a lot of churches, mostly female. You got female worshipers and everything like that. You know, there's a lot of females, you know, because you got to admit, females are very emotional, you know, and they, they deal with a lot of emotions. So it's a lot of females, the praise and worship, the hollering to God, please move this. Let your miraculous love and your power come down, Lord. In this place, your, your glory is all around this place. And I'm not saying they were saying it, but that's what you're going to get out of these places, you know, and, and all a lot of places like that. So the cons that I got so far and uh, even in sincerity the cons is it's no, it was no different than the movements like the uh, 
I don't know about the Finley's movies and nothing like that, but I remember when I lived in Mobile, Alabama, the Brownsville, Kirkpatrick's Church, that movement. I don't know too much about the Toronto, but I heard it. I don't know too much about Azusa, Seymour, and all them, but I heard that. You had that same type of atmosphere. You had these so-called miracles and so-called, you have groups of people. You have the conservative Christian, you have the Pentecostal Christian, you have the the uh, the easygoing Christian. You probably had universities there. You had the homosexual so-called Christians. You had all that group in this meeting, not the one I'm looking for, but in this movement. So you had different type of so-called Christian beliefs in this movement from different denominations and different beliefs. Now. <clears throat> What I get out of this is like I got out a lot of uh, 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 out of it. Then I'm get to the pros. You know, I'm still on the cons. What I got out of it is when you have so many denominations from even around the world, people were, was coming from different cities and different states like they do a lot. Of, that's nothing new. See, that all happens in uh, so-called revivals, especially, uh, you know, man-made revivals. And, uh, you know, files that, okay? So, that's what I got out of it and everything because that's why you have people look at, look at it different ways. Some people love the praise and worship, the feel good. Some people go there critiquing. Some people go there for this reason. Some people don't go there to look at sin. They just go there like a universalist, you know, you know, come as you are. You can stay as you are. You know, that's why a lot of that type of lifestyle shows up, you know, and everything like that. So it, these type of things bring those type of responses when it comes to people and everything like that, you know, because everybody looking for that feeling. It was, this is not nothing different than the feelings. Everybody's looking for those feelings and the crying and the tears and uh, uh, the falling out and stuff like that and different things like that. I don't see it as no different than the other so-called Brownsville, Toronto movies, Azuzu, Azusa movements and stuff like that as in revivals or even the revivals we had in our church locally. You know, being in a Pentecostal church where we used to have revivals and everything like that. Now, what I want to do now is look at the pros. Is there any pros? And what I have seen wasn't any pros, Joe. Remember, I'm doing it with pros and cons. Was there any pros of what I have seen? And what the pros that I have seen in there is, I think a lot of these people are very sincere in that college. I believe they really want. They really want to move of God. No doubt. A lot of them are really hungry for God. There a lot of them, I believe, is really hungry for change. Now I'm talking about the ones that's hungry for change. Now I want to stay in a mess. I'm talking about the ones that's hungry for change. I believe that's I call that a pro. When you're really seeking for a change. You might be doing it in a way that you don't have to if you learn how to rightly divide God's word. See, I believe they want people saved. Because I listened to, I was another thing I was listening to, the so-called altar call. And, it's, and of course, they've done the, the old traditional sinner's prayer, repenting of your sins, changing from your ways and everything like that, and be saved, which is not the gospel. Because they don't understand their sins have already been dealt with 2,000 years ago. 
Okay, so I believe they still were sincere. That did anybody get saved at this meeting? I believe so because God knows your heart. He knows if you really believe what His Son done for you, His death, burial, resurrection. You might not know the scriptures to go to, but He know what you really believe that. So that's God. So I believe people got saved. You know, you know that wasn't saved. They that God, the Holy Spirit does the luring. We must remember this. The Holy Spirit does the luring, and the Holy Spirit lures you to write salvation when he knows your heart. When he knows your heart. Okay? And it's important to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior of what he did for you. Believe in that. You might not understand. You might be ignorant of the other things about your sins already been dealt with, but you sincerely in your heart, you believe Christ died and rose again for you. You believe that. And God know you believe that. See? See, it's on God. God knows. We can be get a headache and wonder all we want to. And say, they never heard the full gospel, so they ain't saved. God knows who really believe that his son died and buried rose again. See? He know how to sift that out. The Holy Spirit knows how to sift that out. You understand what I'm saying? You might say what they didn't say. People can say that all day long and don't mean it. That they believe Jesus died and rose again for us and don't mean it. It's the belief part, saints. It's the belief part. And God knows that more than we do. So I believe people sincerely got saved. I don't know the percentage of it. You know, God's desires for all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Men in the Bible, when it comes to that, means men and women to be saved and then come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, people could be confused, but they still love Jesus and they believe Jesus died and rose again for their sins. And they believe that to the point of salvation. They know that they just don't know where to find it at. So they still stuck in a kingdom when they still stuck in works. They still stuck on trying to hold on to their salvation. But that don't mean they don't believe Jesus died for their sins, you know, for salvation. And then you got the ones that ignore that. They believe you still got to do more. They just they put a mantle on that, that you have to do this. So, you know, God, you know, knows. Now, this is this is not a this is a Joel Osteen cop out. Only God knows and you know and everything like this. See, that's a Joel Osteen come out. I'm not saying this. Most definitely not. Joe would uh uh, you know, Larry King was asking Joe Allstate about different things. Are you going to hell for that? Which was simple answers. Yes, if you don't get yourself to you going to hell for unbelief, first of all. Let me correct myself. First of all, you know. No, God don't like that lifestyle. So the, the and the questions that Larry King was asking Joel Osteen, you know, and I don't know if Larry King was saved or not. I, I don't think so. But by him being uh, 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 a host person, and he was asking Joel, Joel, like he was saying it, like he didn't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Only God knows and everything. No, you cannot keep a lifestyle and you ain't going to heaven with that lifestyle. Not because of the sin. It's because you cannot truly believe what Jesus done by keeping your lifestyle like that. So, no, no, you, you don't. You don't. You, 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 God don't compromise like that. 
It's all about his son, not about you keeping your ways and you just saying it. You got to really believe it and receive it as him as your savior. And that comes with a change, not for salvation, but truly. I mean, not, not let me say for salvation. You have to truly believe what Jesus done, his death, burial and resurrection. Okay, you got to truly believe it. And the only way you can truly believe that you're going to have some type of change in your heart. You're going to have something in your heart saying, I need to change the way I live. Because these things that I'm doing now is against God. That's a truly sincere person that's going to be saved. Not a person trying to hold on to their mess. Because you will never sincerely be saved. Or even, you can't fool God by thinking you're going to heaven keeping, to, keeping on to your mess. Because, uh true person that's coming to Christ to make the Jesus the Lord of their life is also coming with a broken and a contrite heart like David see a change in life comes after salvation you don't hold on to that mess you might struggle but it's always in your heart to change your ways that's a sincere person to be saved okay all right that's not adding nothing to salvation messages or nothing. That's just real. You know, if you're not coming with a contract, broken heart, you just all, man, I know I do this. I love my weed and I love living this way, man. But I believe Jesus died for my sins, man. I, as long as I believe that I'm going to heaven and that, that nonchalant like that, and you're not saying, man, but I, you know, making jokes about it. I'll be smoking weed in heaven. I'm going to have my partners in any uh, gay partners and all that stuff. No, you're not sincerely accepting Christ. You doing it? You you gotta you gotta go God's way, not your way, for salvation. This is not easy believism. This is not easy believism. Just by saying it, this is not universalism. Okay, but let let me get off that. So those are my pros and cons. I'm sorry, I don't have many pros. My 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 biggest pros is that people really just got saved and people just start searching more for sound doctrine, not emotionalism, but sound doctrine. I mean, I, I really sincerely believe people need. I don't know what they teach in that college. I don't think it's rightly divided, but I don't know, you know. But uh, uh, in their Sunday schools or in their Bible studies, I don't know what they teach. I don't know what their curriculum is. You know, I don't know nothing about that. You know, I, I just don't. But I hope they just get in a true sound doctrine, you know, and I, I didn't really see a lot of Pauline scriptures with their quotes of verses, which I'm not surprised. I didn't see a lot. Of, that's not exciting enough. There's not a lot of miracles and signs and the Pauline scriptures. They might quote the book of Acts or something like that or whatever. But, you know, hear a lot of Paul, which is sad because that's for our doctrine for the day, for the body of Christ. OK, for the body of of Christ. Now, before I go, what does the Bible say about revival? What does the Word of God say about revival? So, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to go to some scriptures. Okay, let's go to some scriptures and let's look at some biblical definitions of revival. Now, the term revive, what I got, revive is just bringing back, making you stronger. It's like an awakening. It's just like a, 
uh, energizing bunny, you know, making you more strong again and everything like that. It's lifting you up, it's building you up, it's reviving you, it's putting you back and stuff like that. The little definitions that I read about revive. Now, <clears throat> let's look at some Bible definitions of using the word revive and, and then I'm going to try to put it together in my uh, opinion or whatever is these revivals or moves of God or is it man move? Is it movements of men? Or is it from Satan? First, let's go to uh, <coughs> Bible verses about revival. Okay, let's go to Psalms 85 and 6. That uses the word or the term revive in context. Psalms 85 and 6. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Let me read this again. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Now, when I read this, I'm reading it in a rightly divided way. First of all, this is David is the author. He's saying, will you not revive us again? You got to understand who's the us. Very important. The us is Israel. That your people may rejoice in you. Who is your people and who is David talking to and praying to? God to revive who? Israel. Again, revive us we all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin from makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost water gel facial moisturizer. BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd only at BJ's. Again, remember Israel was is God's firstborn. Okay, that's another teaching. Will you not revive us again? And your people may rejoice in you. This verse is for Israel. Okay, let's go to Hosea 6 and 2. After two days, he will revive us. Now, who's the us? The us is Israel. On the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence and a change we revive and restore Israel okay Hosea 6 and 2 this is very important when you're trying to uh, trying to get things in perspective now a lot of the churches will use these as it's talking to them you know let's go to Psalms 80 and 18 then we will not turn away from you revive us and we will call only your Name, we Israel, your name is God, Jehovah, revive, restore us. See, this is our Israel. If you know the story of Israel, 
that had to be revived. You talk to hear about the dead man bones, it's not talking about us, it's talking about Israel will be revived and be preparing for the New Testament. So these scriptures are for Israel, but we use it a lot, not we, but a lot of churches use it for them today. Um, some of them might not seem like they had nothing about revive, but I get what they what they going with this. Let's go to Habakkuk 3 and 2. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day, in our time. Make them known and wrath. Remember mercy. Remember mercy. Now, let's go back. I don't know what translation this is, you know, but let's read it. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Now, who is this talking? Habakkuk. Habakkuk was a Jew. Lord, repeat them in our day. Who is our day? Israel, Jews. In our time, Israel, Jews. Make them known and wrath. Remember mercy. Now here's some from Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name, very famous that the people, Christians or uh, churchgoers use this as talking to America. This is American. This is an Old Testament that's talking to Israel that Americans use for them today. Remember, they're talking to Israel. God is not talking to the United States of America. This is talking to Israel. Second Chronicles 7 to 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. First of all, if my people, you go back in context, my people was always Israel. This was before the grace period. Israel, first of all, who are called by my name, will humble themselves. Themselves is Israel. And pray and seek my face. I will turn from I will and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land, heal their land. Now with me. When I look at this, I automatically know he's not talking about the church today. First of all, he's talking about Israel. First of all, Israel was disobedient. You go through the book of Judges, God crushed them and he also saved them when they repented. And every time they repented and changed their ways and went back to God, God revived them. When they was disobedient, they got punched again from other nations. You go through the Bible and the Old Testament, you will see that it was Israel. This is not America. This is Israel. Second Chronicles 714 is a Israel message, not for the USFA. If you're looking at this as a revival message, it's reviving Israel. My people was Israel. Okay. We cannot universally take this out and use it at America as for America. See, if that was the point, God lied. America is going down in the dooms. So you have to understand, you have to understand, not only revive, and when you use certain scriptures, you've got to use them in context. Who was the verse talking to, the author, whatever, whatever, whatever like that. If my people are called by my name, his people was his firstborn, Israel, will humble themselves to pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal, heal their land. Here's another one. 
Joel 2, 28 and 32. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men. Now, a lot of this they threw out there. I guess that's that's what they mean. They use these scriptures as verses for revival. In other words, the churches today use these scriptures as uh, scriptures for revival. This is not these are not scriptures you just throw out there and use that God is calling you to revive. These are things that was prophesied in the Old Testament that's going to happen. You know, so the book of Job was for Israel. It's for prophecy, okay? This is one for 2 Timothy 4 and 3 and 4. This is our dispensation. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine, uh, okay? Instead, to suit their own desires, this is not the King James, I can tell. They will gather around them a great number of teachers and say what their itching ears want them to hear, okay? And they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Now, what they got to do with revival, I have no idea. Some of these scriptures are still out of context, but it's supposed to be scriptures of revival. Now, some of them are. That mentions the word, so I was looking in particular for the, the word revived mention. But when you go to Second Timothy, that's not so much a revival. See, when you when you read that Second Timothy, and then they got James, it's the First Thessalonians. I'm not going to go through all those because my point is, and my conclusion is, when the Bible talks about revival or revived, it never say full revival. I don't see in scripture nowhere when it says we need to go seek and start a revival. Now, I agree with Alan Parr on this one to an extent. You don't need to be in no gathering to revive. You don't need to get into a group, which is nothing wrong with that. You know, I believe in that two and three together. We just pray and stuff like that. But you don't need to go to no meetings, no, no gathering to be revived. See? You don't need to seek the presence of the Holy Spirit. You don't need the Holy Spirit to come down like a lot of these meetings. They pray for the Holy Spirit to make manifest themselves. So they talk about feelings. If they only understood that the Holy Spirit is already sealed in the believer, see, and the unbeliever could be sealed too when he sincerely or she sincerely make Jesus as their Lord and Savior by believing in his death, burial, resurrection, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. So that's another con that was there. You don't have to seek for the Holy Spirit to come down if you're already saved. He's already within you. A lot of them, that's the problem with not rightly dividing God's word. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit already, so you don't have to seek his presence or make you do this. But they're seeking for a feeling. They think that's the manifestation of the... That's the a lot of them think that's proof that the Holy Spirit is around. That's why they said the Holy Spirit is in this place. No, the Holy Spirit is not there. He's not in that building. He's in you. That's why he's in it. He's you're the building, the temple that the Holy Spirit dwells in if you are a believer. If you are a believer, okay, the Holy Spirit is already sealed and dwelling in you. That'll nip a lot of things in the bud for people crying for the Holy Spirit to do this and do this and do that. You can just praise and worship. Worship doesn't mean slobbing at the mouth and crying all the time. It just means submitting, you know, talking to God, you know. 
you can revive yourself at home. You can get a little two and three together and just pray or whatever like that. But when you're looking for a revival, most of the revivals that I know about, I don't know about Adams and all that revival. You're looking for, looking, look, when you look at the history of man-made revivals, it's always have something to do with manifestations of gifts and the healings and speaking in tongues and feelings and stuff like that. And a lot of music, most of hypnotizing music, most of man-made revivals. Okay, I like that. Now, I'm going to leave you with this. Do I think this move is from God? Uh, my answer is, and this is my opinion, no, I do not think it. It's a move from God. Why do I say that? <clears throat> it doesn't line up with scripture that we seek this. See, it doesn't line up. And I know some things are not in scripture. It doesn't line up with scripture. Okay. The doctrine for the church today is mainly and basically not taught. It's all music and music and music. If you're going to have a gathering with God, Satan is the master of music. I'm not saying this stuff is from Satan. <laughs> gathering for God. You won't need the music to make you feel things. See, that music usher in all kind of uh, feelings. That's why, that's why they use music. That's why man use music. God don't need music. When he called Israel in the Old Testament on that mountain, there wasn't no music there. He put down the law. When Apostle Paul was teaching the believers and talking to the believers, there wasn't no music. He didn't say play the music. He taught them sound doctrine. So my point is, no, it's not a move of God. It's a move of man trying to find a way to get closer to God their own way because they're not satisfied. That might sound cold, but they're not satisfied, you know, because God is not moving like they thought he should move like he done in Israel time because they are stuck in Israel's mail. All those revived messages, mostly a lot of them quote is from Old Testament. So they bring it to the church today and they make it, they Americanize it or they just worldlyize it and they get big. You go to places like Africa where Reinhard Bunke and all these other ones go, they pack the houses. Are those revivals? See, people are seeking, they are searching. You have, you have sincere people and you have demonic stuff going on there at these type of groups. So my conclusion is I don't think it's a move of God. I think it's a move of man trying to seek God in their own way. See, they're not satisfied what the word of God says what's going to happen. They got to try to move God to come faster. Oh, he's not coming fast enough. Now, sincerely, I believe a lot of them are sincerely, but like I say, to be sincerely wrong. And I'm not saying nobody got saved. God can save somebody through any any situation, just like I, I mentioned about translations, <clears throat> because he knows your heart. Okay, so that's my conclusion on that. But is it all bad and evil? No, no, it's not. A lot of things man does in the flesh and, and tradition not evil. They just man-made, so therefore they're not pleasing to God. But at the same time, God understands your ignorance too. If you're doing things to please Him, see. 
you might be ignorant or something, but you really think you're pleasing God and you are saved, you know, some of those things God will look over because you're doing it to get closer to him. Only God knows. Only God knows. I don't. I, I, only God knows. I don't. But to say this is a move from God or God called this revival. No, I don't think that because it's contrary to the word of God or what he's doing today. Okay. We can't usher in the Holy Spirit to come down on us as believers because we are already sealed with the Holy Spirit. Why are we going to call something that's already in us? We can't bring in signs and wonders and miracles and healings. We just can't make up a meeting and just say, this God is going to be here today. The Holy Spirit is going to be here as soon as we play this music and signs and wonders and miracles is going to happen. We can't usher this stuff in. That stuff just happened in the Bible. It wasn't no meetings planned. It wasn't no healing services. It wasn't no revival services. That's my point. So no, I don't think it's a move of God. I think it's a move of man trying to get closer to God in their own way. Most of us are not satisfied. They're looking. You got sincere people out there, but they sincerely looking for the wrong things, basically feelings and emotions and signs and wonders and miracles. A lot of them will go back home with a, a more bigger challenge because the enemy is going to attack them. And they're going to need to revive. Then you got something that's going to be so drawn out and wore out and everything like that because they're going to feel, they're going to, they're going to find out they can't keep those emotions up. They can't keep those feelings up. The ones that was going through their psychokinesis and those different type of emotions when it first started, I, I believe a lot of them, after that two weeks, wasn't even doing the same thing. They was wore out. They was dry. They was burnt out because it's the flesh. It's the flesh. The majority of the time, it's the flesh. Okay? So that's my take on the, uh, the Asbury Revival. You might have another take or whatever like that. So I, I went all the way around about, then I gave you my take on that and everything. So I don't think it's an evil thing, but I don't think it's of God. I think it's some good teachings in there, but I also think it's a lot of false teachings out of ignorance out of there as well. I think it's people out there for good reason. I think it's people's out there for wrong reasons. They're just seeking to live their own way and just, they, you know, you know, they they keeping their ways. They keep doing the things that they're doing. And some people will get something out of it. Most people won't. Anytime you get well-known people there, like the Paula Weiss and the Stephen Furtick's and the Todd Bentley's and those type of people there, I'm, I, a red flag comes up because you know they teach false doctrine. They are false teachers. So I got an issue with that. So those type of things, these type of things are going to invite because they enter false healing, false prophecy and all that stuff. So, you know, God don't get mingled with all type of people because you say his name. Okay. So that's my take on the Asbury. You can disagree with me. That's okay. All right, you have another comment and you feel something, you might have even been there, you've seen certain things, just leave a comment and we'll go from there. But that's just my take of what the little bit I've seen. It's not too much different than a lot of other revivals in the past. The Brownsville, you know, in Florida, the Toronto one or whatever like that. I remember that Brownsville, that was big, but I was a charismatic then. I was in the word of faith, so I believe that. Even though it was kind of weird, people shaking and doing all that, you know, shaking and, you know, couldn't be still and all that. Then I've I seen the same thing happen in Kudalini spirits and stuff like that. So I'm not easily 
impressed with feelings and emotions no more. But at the same time, I don't neglect them or deny feelings and emotions. I'm just talking about when it comes to the things of God. Be careful. Be careful what you attend. If it's no sound doctrine, if it's very little, very little teaching about the teachings of the Apostle Paul, there's an issue, there's a problem. Okay, you're going to get a lot of Old Testament kingdom teaching, which is not for us today. God bless you. This is Joseph Brown. If you've never been saved, this is your chance to make the Lord the Savior of your life by believing in his death, burial, resurrection. That's the way to be saved, believing and receiving. Okay? What I have just said, I'm not here to make you agree with me. You do your own due diligence and your own research yourself. I'm just giving you my assessment and my little experience, you know, from myself and what I took from that, that little clip that I watched, which I'm not surprised. It doesn't surprise me because I've been in those type of meetings. You probably have too. It's basically based, mainly based on your emotions and your feelings. You could be sincere, but you could also be sincerely seeking God the wrong way. Boy, these emotions and feelings can really deceive you. See, okay? So God bless you. That's my take. What I'm gonna be talking, I'm gonna be doing up God's timeline, quick cliff note teaching on God's plan. God has two programs, law and grace. I'm going to be doing that in my next topic coming up like I promised. God bless you. Let me leave you with this. As I often do, you don't have to be saved to be forgiven. You are already been forgiven. You have already been forgiven. Now you can be saved. Not you are saved, but you can be saved. All right. God bless you. Love you. Peace out. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.